Go ahead, find your copy of God's Word and be flipping to John chapter 6. John chapter 6 is where we're going to be. Because we're going to start our series called, Who is Jesus? We're going to answer the question, Who is Jesus? And some of you, as you hear that, you're like, great. I came to find out who Jesus is. I kind of already know that. Good. We're going to go even deeper. Right? That's the goal. Some of you here may be wondering, who is Jesus? What does that mean for me? What does that look like for my life? You're searching for that truth or that answer. We're going to find that over the next several weeks by walking through the book of John. And we're going to explore seven I am statements that Jesus makes in John. So in the first 15 chapters of John, Jesus is going to make seven very bold, very truthful I am statements. He's going to say, I am, and he's going to fill in the blank. And we're going to explore about what that means about Jesus and what that means for us, right? And so I'm really excited about this, and I uh, hope you can tune in and listen, whether it be online, podcast here, whatever, because what I want the goal is, and what I think Jesus wants the goal of this series is, is simply, let's get to know the Savior. Let's get to know Jesus. To where those of you in this room that already love Him and already have a relationship, you just love Him more in a deeper way. And you have a better understanding of the guy that you call Savior or Messiah or King of Kings or Prince of Peace or Lord of Lords or Father. Right? Or maybe for some of you it's just to get to know Him on a personal and real way for the first time. So we're going to be in the book of John. So I wanted to take a few moments and just set for you some context. Right? It's important that as we pull these passages out and the Scriptures out, that we understand the whole essence of what it's coming from. Right? You with me so far? So we're going to do a little context, a little history, a little homework, right? and get to know what it is. First things first is the theme of the book of John is very simple. The whole book, John is inspired by God to write and to prove that Jesus is fully God and our Messiah. So the book of John is simply to prove that Jesus is fully God and our Messiah. Don't take my words for it. In John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. I love it, right? Scripture makes it very clear for us. This whole book is given to us so that we can know Jesus and have eternal life in Him. Right? So now that we know that, let's catch up to where we are in John chapter 6, right? Because we're seeing John chapter 1, Jesus has always been. Right? John 1 1, a very powerful verse, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. The Word there is Jesus. He's always been. He's been there from the beginning, and He always will be. We see that in John 1, and that not only has He always been, but He came to fulfill the plan of salvation. In John chapter 2, simply Jesus begins His ministry. He turns the water to wine. Right? And He begins His earthly ministry. In John chapter 3, He establishes the way to eternity by being born again with His encounter with Nicodemus. Right? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes shall not perish but have eternal life. Right? So John chapter 3 is, is summed up right there. He establishes the way to eternity. John chapter 4 in his encounter with the woman at the well, we actually get a statement 
that's not considered one of the traditional I am statements because it's not a metaphor here. Jesus simply tells her at one point, the Messiah you are looking for, I am He. So in John chapter 4, Jesus proclaims Himself as Messiah. He sets the tone for the rest of His ministry to let the people know, right? Because in this time, the Jews of the time, they were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for Him. But they were looking for a mighty ruler, right? A king. Some guy that was majestic and royal. Jesus is all of those things while also being a humble servant. Right? So He establishes in John chapter 4, I'm the Messiah. I'm who you're looking for. In John chapter 5, Jesus establishes His authority as the Son of Man. Verses 26 and 27 of chapter 5, He says, For as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son also to have life in Himself. And He has given Him authority to execute judgment because He is the Son of Man. So in John chapter 5, Jesus establishes what is Jesus' favorite name for Himself. That's just a fun little fact for you. Jesus calls Himself the Son of Man more than He calls Himself anything else. We'll dive into that in a later sermon. That's not for tonight. So then we get into chapter 6, right? We're catching up. And in chapter 6, the first 15 verses, we see when Jesus feeds the 5,000, right? For those of you Sunday school folks in the room, you understand, right? The five loaves and two fishes, right? And Jesus fed 5,000 plus people, right? He just 5,000 men. We learned that, you know, there actually was even more than 5,000 people there. And so you can imagine, right? Put yourself in the seat of one of those thousands of people that were there. And here's this guy who turns five loaves and two fishes into enough to where there's to-go plates, right? Even though there weren't to-go plates back in the day, right? But you could fill up your basket and head on home. They didn't head home, right? They actually stayed around him. And who, who could blame them, right? I mean, the guy's got abundant amount of food. Must have been a lot of college-age people, right? <laughs> okay, because they stayed with him in John chapter 6. They didn't leave. But then we see the encounter there real quickly, where the disciples go out to sea and then Jesus walks on the water, right? Verse 20, when he says to them, it is I, do not be afraid, when Jesus walks on the water. Because the goal was they were actually trying to get away from the people, so to speak, because Jesus needed some time to withdraw, right? Jesus needed some time to rest, which is a side note, like naps are biblical, okay? It's all right to get away and rest in the presence of Jesus, okay? So get away, rest, spend some time with Jesus, relax, recharge your batteries, right? That's what Jesus was trying to do. And so now we pick up with where we are tonight in the first part of who is Jesus, which is simply, I am the bread of life. That's the statement he's going to make tonight. So no need to create a title, right? That's the title of the message for you note takers. I'm the bread of life. It's a quote from Jesus, okay? Because anything I come up with isn't going to be near as good as that. So I'm just going to steal it. Thanks, Jesus. Appreciate it. Right. So let's pick up in verse uh, 22. I think the verses on the screen, Daniel, start in 25, and that's okay. But I'm going to start in 22, and then for those of you who are going to follow on the screen, you can catch up when we get to 25. So on the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had only been one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boat and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. I think this is interesting. 
and I wanted to read this before we get into this, that these people are seeking, right? You caught that in verse 24? They went to Capernaum seeking Jesus, the crowd. I mean, this is thousands of people are going to now try to cross the sea to get to Jesus. So then in verse 25, it says, When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And like, who can blame them, right? Like, when the night ended, Jesus was there and the disciples left. And when they wake up, Jesus isn't there. It's like, but the boats, the math, they're all trying to logically figure this out. And they get there and they're like, how did you get here? This is what I love about Jesus. He didn't look at them like, I just took a walk on the water, right? That would have been better if I would have answered that way, but that's why I'm not Jesus. Verse 26, Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the man in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is who He comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to Him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus says to them in verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to Me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And so what we're going to look at tonight when we're unpacking this, I am the bread of life. What Jesus is telling us simply by saying I'm the bread of life is saying he is life. Right? Any bread lovers in the room? Where's my bread lovers, right? You got to have bread every meal, right? I mean, there's something about you bread lovers that like, it's not really a meal unless there's bread, right? Like, I'm not a big bread guy. Like, I'll eat if it's like a sandwich or like if you can do it or a hot dog or sandwich or whatever, like, you know, tortillas, that's my kind of bread, right? Uh, and so, but the bread does though, like Thanksgiving, right? There's something like taking that piece of bread and just scooping it through all that stuff left on the plate, amen? Anybody? No? That's just me? Okay, I see a few head nods, right? Okay, what Jesus is saying is I'm the bread of life is, man, I'm better than that scoop on Thanksgiving Day because I am life. I am the source for you. I am the sustenance for you. I am your salvation, right? And so by partaking in Jesus Christ, you get everything you need, everything. And he uses the example of bread here, right? Because what are the people chasing? the bread. They're chasing food, right? Because he just fed them the day before abundantly. And they say in their testimony to him, our fathers experienced manna from heaven. What are you going to do for us now? They keep coming with their hands out. And Jesus is saying, this is not about anything you can eat. This is not about anything I can give you. This is eternity that's at stake that I'm giving you a way out, not because of my will, but because of the will of my father, the one who sent me, right? And so what we're going to look at is understanding the bread of life, knowing Jesus. And we're going to look at what knowing Jesus is not. And then we're going to look at what knowing Jesus is by looking at this passage. So we're going to see what knowing Jesus is not by following the people, actually. Right. 
So the first thing we need to see that following Jesus is not, is it's not what we get, what we receive. Right? It's not about what we receive. Too many times, I know I do this in my life, I come to Jesus for what I can get from Jesus, not coming to get Jesus. Does that make sense? Because there's a very big difference. We come looking for grace and mercy and peace and love and justice and good things and blessings and good health and financial prosperity and whatever else it is that you put in the blank that you come searching to God for. And it's good to search to God for those things, but if you're coming to God only for those things, you're missing the mark. For coming to God for what we can get, we're missing the mark. What we receive. Because it's not about those things. It's about Jesus Christ. See, what happened? He said in verse 26, I say to you what you are, what you are seeking. You are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father set his seal. In verse 27. And so what we see is Jesus is telling them, don't come looking for things that are going to that have an expiration date. Right? Like that's one of my frustrations with bread, is like it goes bad in like a week. And like in our house, we eat like birds, minus Luke. He eats all the time, right? But Morgan and I, we we just kind of eat here and there. So the bread just goes bad. It's like a big waste of money. I can't tell you the last time we actually bought a loaf of bread because we just got tired of it molding. Right? <laughs> But that's what we do sometimes. We come to Jesus looking for things. And then what happens is, is the expiration date hits and we're like, man, I need some more. I need some more. And all it is, is if we would just plug into Jesus and just love him, we wouldn't need any of those things because we have Jesus. And a relationship with Jesus is being so intimate with him and so close to him that all of that is the overflow of a one-on-one relationship. Because the grace is not grace without Jesus Christ. The mercy is not mercy without Jesus Christ. The manna from heaven is not manna from heaven without Jesus Christ. This tonight is in vain if Jesus Christ is not in it. It's not about what we receive. Knowing Jesus is just simply knowing Him. Having that relationship with Him. we got to stop coming to God like these people here looking for a handout. He's already done enough on the cross, amen? That's all we need. So we've got to fall into that. Also what we see is that it's not about what we consume, right? Verse 31, our fathers ate the the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus says to them in verse 32, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. It's not about what we consume, Right? You can fill yourself with all of the good theology and all the good doctrine and all the good books and all the good music, but if you're not filling yourself with Jesus, you're missing out. You're going to continue to be hungry. You can fill yourself with big room worship services and churches and small groups and everything else that Jesus wants to put in front of you, but if you're not filling yourself up with Jesus, you're going to be hungry. Knowing Jesus is not about what we consume. It's about consuming Him, the true bread, right? You and I, believers in this room, we should be spending time with Jesus every single day. Not because of what we can learn, not so we can check the box, but so we can spend time with our Savior, 
The guy who went to the cross for us so that we can spend time in a love relationship with him and get to know him and him continue to pour into us so that in turn, when you leave that time, when you leave that space, you go to a lost and dying world and help them see what they're looking for. Because here's the beautiful thing about this passage and about Jesus. Jesus understands we're searching. He told that to the people, right? He said that in verse 26. He said, you are seeking me. He knows we're searching. Jesus understands that we're hungry. That's why he's talking about bread. Right? I mean, food gets people's attention. Okay? I mean, the joke in college ministry, right, amongst all of us collegiate ministers, is that if there's food, the kids will come. Right? I mean, that, I met with some pastors the other day about doing some things on campus, and I asked them, I said, what's your idea? And the, first, the first idea, well, it's always good if you have food. Right? We are attracted to food, especially in the South too, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with some good Southern food. Jesus understands we're not just hungry physically, we're hungry spiritually. And if there's anything that this quarantine and this pandemic has taught me is just how hungry I am spiritually and how dry I am spiritually and how much I need Jesus. And Jesus also understands our desperate need for salvation. Do you catch this in every one of his answers to them? He always points it back to the true bread, to the Father, to the plan that is set out, that he is about to embark upon, that he's already walking into, that it is and always will be with Jesus Christ about one thing and one thing only, and it's the salvation of lost souls. So knowing Jesus is not what we receive, it's not what we consume, and it's also not about what we do. Right? We see this in the people. And look, are the people doing anything wrong by following him? Is that a good thing, that they're following Jesus? Yeah, right? There's nothing wrong with following Jesus. I hope you know that. Right? That's a very good thing to follow Jesus. Please follow Jesus. Okay? Is there anything wrong with asking questions of Jesus? No, right? That's why we pray, right? God, what can you teach me today? God, what do you have for me today? It's good to ask questions of your Savior. Right? But it's not about what we do. It's about what He has done. That's why He says this here in verse 35. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. It's not about... If you're thinking that it's about works and you can do all these things and it can measure up, you can't. You and I can't be good enough. We can't do enough good things. It is about Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross. And we're going to explore this here in a little bit when He starts talking about His body and partaking in His body. And He's going to say some things like, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, and He's not talking about cannibalism, right? So like, don't take that literally that we got to go find like a piece of Jesus and you got to eat some. No, we're not doing that, right? Because that would be weird. And I would probably lose my job and I don't want to do that because I love you guys. I love doing this, right? No, the bread of life here. It's about Him providing for us, coming to earth, paving a way, because you and I are sinners. Amen, right? Yeah, thanks, Matt. Thanks for reminding me I'm a sinner. (laughs) Right? But we are. We're sinners. We are in need of grace. Every day of our lives, we need salvation. Those of you in this room that you understand what I'm saying right now, you're like, yep, amen, mm -hmm, got it. Tomorrow morning when I wake up, it's going to be the first thing I ask for too. God, save me from myself today. We need that every single day. 
But we can't do that on our own. And all of the good things that we can do, we can have worship services and lunches and missions projects, and we can teach the Bible all we want. But if we aren't letting Jesus do what He's already done, we're never going to measure up. That's why He went to the cross. That's why He walked up out of the tomb three days later. So that He did it for us because He loves us. And not because you're worthy or I'm worthy, but because He's worthy. And that was the plan from the beginning. When Jesus said, let, or when God said, let there be light, the plan from then was to save you and to save me. And that's going to be the plan all the way until He comes to take us home. That's the plan. So knowing Jesus is not about what we do, but what He's done as the true bread. And understand this, through all of this, the more you search in this world for your basic needs, the more hungry you're going to be. We'll say that again. The more you search in this world for your basic needs, the more hungry you will be. This world is never going to give you what you need for your salvation. Ever. Ever. No money, no fame, no job, no relationship, no other truth, no other you know, truth can give you what you need, like what God can be. When He says, I am the bread of life, you shall not hunger if you come to Me. You shall not thirst. This is not a physical hunger. Like anybody hungry right now? Like physically hungry, like you're ready to go crush about four tacos, right? Okay, this isn't a physical hunger. This is a spiritual hunger saying you will never have another need in your life. Spiritually. And all of the other things. We're going to cover that in another sermon, and it's really good. Right? Because he says it again in verse 48. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Because he says again in verse 48, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the man in the wilderness, and they died. Like, just cut to the point, Jesus. Appreciate it. Right? Because that's what they're seeking, right? They're seeking this big sign, this big wonders, this big providential handout. And he says, I'm the brand of life. Your fathers ate that manna that you're so excited about, and they're dead. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. Jesus has come simply to be what he says in verse 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And so let's look at what knowing Jesus is. Knowing Jesus as the bread of life is simply this. First and foremost, it's sustenance. It's sustenance, man. It is good and it sustains you and it gives you everything you need. And it not only sustains life, it's the source of life. There is no life outside of Jesus. And I'm telling you that just from my own experience, I've just seen that, man. When I'm walking with Jesus, when I'm loving Him, when I'm pouring into Him and understand He is all I need, every single day there's nothing better and there's nothing more fulfilling. Because trust me, I chased the career path. I chased the dream job. When I was in your shoes, I wanted to be a college basketball coach. That was my goal in life. And I did that. Two other universities, I went and served as a college basketball coach. And I was empty every single day I walked into the gym. Every single day I was empty. You know why? Because I wasn't walking in the plan that God had for me. I was walking in my plan. His sustenance is more than enough. Every single day. And it's better. Trust me, it's better than anything the world can give you. We can argue all day long whether cornbread or rolls are better. Okay? And there's probably not a right answer. But Jesus is better than all of it. 
because it gives sustenance. It gives you the depth. It gives you everything you need. Those of you that, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like those of you that love Jesus and have a relationship with him, is there anything better? There's not, right? Knowing Jesus is also understanding that it's satisfaction. We are completely satisfied in Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about when he says, I'm the living bread. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. Man, we are satisfied in him. We know that he is all that we'll ever need. There's no need to search anywhere else. There's no need to search in the world. There's no need to live in sin. There's no need to do those things because Jesus satisfies everything you're trying to search for. Everything you're trying to feel inside with, Jesus can satisfy that. So stop allowing sin to reign in your life. Stop allowing the things of this world to reign in your life. Stop allowing the world to tell you you've got to be this and you've got to be that. No, just love Jesus. He is the bread of life. He's the source. He's the sustenance. He's the satisfaction. And as I've said already, He's the salvation. He's the plan and the source of salvation. He's here to give eternal life. It's His purpose. He was sent. And because we are searching, and we are hungry, and we are in desperate need of salvation, just like these people, we must only eat from the bread of life. Jesus Christ. Those of you in this room that have a relationship with Him, you're like, yeah, I know this. But my question is, if you really know this, who are you sharing it with? Because if you really understand He's the bread of life and He's your sustenance and your satisfaction and your salvation, you can't help but tell somebody about it. It's life-changing. It's everything. But yet we're quiet about it. If you have a relationship with Jesus, you understand the sustenance, the satisfaction, and the salvation, then why are you living in that pet sin? Why do you keep going back to it? And give it up. He didn't die for you to just wake up and continuously sin. He died so that you can live in an eternal relationship with Him both today and forever. See, eternal life, the beautiful thing about eternal life is when you come to know Jesus, it starts in that moment. Because the Holy Spirit enters your presence. And you are now walking with the Holy Spirit. But the problem is, is we mess that up. We can't, believers, it's time. If anything, what's happening in the world around us is telling us as believers, it's time for us to have some sense of urgency and start walking around handing out some bread of life. Look, I'll take any of you to lunch that want to go. Okay, I love lunch. Lunch is my favorite meal of the day. Okay, we'll go to all the holes in the wall here. Okay, we'll go to Stag's Grocery. We'll get a greasy cheeseburger and some french fries. Right, we'll eat. We'll be the youngest people in the place and it'll be awesome. Right? But if we go to that meal and we don't talk about the bread of life, man, that meal is in vain. Right? That's what we've got to do. We've got to rise up in 2020 as a body of believers and say enough is enough. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ. But also for some of you in this room, you're not really sure what I'm talking about. And So my encouragement to you is what we're about to read here. Let's pick up in verse 52. Says the Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And like, can you blame them for being confused a little bit, right? Like, I made the joke about cannibalism, 
right? But that's what Jesus is saying. He's like, hey, take a bite out of me, right? And we people, like, we like to think we know it all sometimes, right? And I think that's what's happening here with the crowd is they're like, okay, dude, like, you're telling us you're the Messiah. You gave us some food. We've seen you heal some people. But now you're telling us to take a bite out of you? Like, okay, you've lost me. And so Jesus, the good, gracious God that he is, he says, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son, isn't that great? Like, I kind of think this is Jesus' humor a little bit too, right? Like, this is just a Matt-ism right here. Like, Jesus says, I hear you saying, I think it's weird, but go ahead, take eat of the flesh. But the beauty of it is, is this is the truth. This is the truth, and that's why Jesus kept coming back to it. That's the beautiful thing about the truth of Jesus, is it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there's no need for Jesus to give them a different answer. There's no need for Jesus to make anything up. And for those of you searching tonight, and you don't know this, let me tell you something. Jesus loves you exactly the way you are with the questions you have in your mind. And he wants to answer those questions with his truth. And he wants you to give those questions to him and let him answer those by simply giving himself to you. By you dying to yourself and realizing you're a sinner in need of grace and allowing that grace and that blood to wash you clean. And it may not give you all the answers, but it is the truth. And we'll seek those things together. And Jesus continues, right? In verse 54, Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds... Lost my place. Here we go. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. The truth is simple. Because we are searching hungry and in need of salvation like this crowd, we must only eat from the bread of life. So my question to you is, what is your source of life? Is your source of life Jesus Christ? If you say yes, then are you living in that? Right? I was actually looking through, if any of you went to the RSO fair last week on campus, Lister Hill was giving out those boxes, right? And then it was a bottle that had some stickers in it, right? And so Lister Hill, they gave me a bottle and Uh, I was looking through it today, looking at those stickers, and there's one in there from Lister Hill that says, let's get this bread, right? Anybody see that sticker, right? Anybody heard that phrase too, right? Like, let's get this bread, right? A nice little slang term. I'm going to take that slang and put it into a little truth right here and go a little cheesy on you, but it's time for us to get this bread. It's time for us to get this bread of life. It's time for you as believers who understand that to live in that and now start serving out the bread of life to the people around you. I would also be so bold to tell those of you in this room who don't know Jesus, now's the time for you to partake in the bread of life. Don't wait. I promise it's the best decision you'll ever make. It's the best thing you can ever eat. It's the best thing you can ever partake of. And understand, those of you that are in that boat, it's not about what we do, but what He has done. And I just want to simply encourage you to love Him over everything because he's given his body for us. Why would you not want to love a guy who sacrificed his life for you? Those of you who understand this bread, I think you've forgotten what your source of life is, because understand this, we cannot be a disciple of Jesus while we're dedicated to this world. 
We cannot be a disciple of Jesus while we're dedicated to this world. So I ask you again, what's your source of life? 